It's Sports by the Book at the South Point Studio. Here's Jeff Parles. Welcome in. It's Sports by the Book here at the South Point Studio. I'm Jeff Parles. She is Alex White. We're happy to be with you as always. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, you know, it's. I want to I go back to last night first before we get into today, where we have, of course, two more NFL playoff games. I, I don't like how College Hoops just decides to put 900 games on Saturday, and then today we have barely 15. Yeah. Uh, don't don't love that. Uh, there's a big big development with Punchlines, our other show yesterday. Congratulations to you, but more importantly, congratulations to Ryan yes. McCormick, who does not have <laughs> to dress up as a Dalmatian now for the 101st episode of Punchlines, which is on March 1st. Our guy Frank Nicotero will have to dress up as a Dalmatian. Yeah, looking forward to that because the Knights <laughs> did come back from a 2-0 deficit and won 3-2 over the Penguins yesterday. So Ryan came out victorious. And, and Frank apparently taunted you in the middle of the game. He did. He texted Ryan and I. He said, "Are you guys nervous? It's 2-0." <laughs> he can't. He can't do that. He can't. He can't. He count those chickens until uh, uh, until uh, they've all come home to roost. He can't do it. Can't do it. All right. Looking back at last night, real quick. Baltimore, dominant second half, just annihilates Houston. Uh, and credit to the Ravens, because that was a very shaky first half. Yes, they it was. Up, but they give up a punt return for a touchdown. They really struggled. Out. Credit to Demeco Ryans, who totally changed what his their MO has been on defense all year. They didn't blitz. They were one of the least blitzing teams in the NFL last year, or this past season. And the Texans blitzed Lamar Jackson on over 60% of their passing plays. Didn't work. Worked for a half, right. didn't work in the second half. Baltimore 24-0 in the second half, 34-10 win. Uh, the total goes over thanks to that late unnecessary field goal by Tucker. Uh, in the end, Baltimore, Alex, if you're the number one seed and you have that shaky first half and then you just put on the gas, utterly crush your opponent, that's what that's what you're supposed to do. When you're over, when the opponent's overmatched, and credit to Baltimore for doing it in the second half. And you could tell that the Texans' defense is really worn down by yeah, the second half. So that is a huge statement for the Ravens. Um, they are by far the best team now in the AFC. On the NFC side, the Niners, boy, if you had some bloated Green Bay tickets to win the NFC, to maybe even win the Super Bowl, you're waking up this morning not feeling great because. I, I I can't believe I'm saying this. I think the team that was the the lesser team last night won. I thought the Packers were better for the majority of that game. And not the majority, basically all of it except for the last seven minutes. Once Carlson missed that field goal, you kind of were like, uh-oh, they're going to blow this thing, aren't they? And the Niners got the drive when they needed to. McCaffrey scored with about a minute 15 to go. Jordan Love threw basically the identical interception that Brett Favre threw in the 2009 NFC title game in New Orleans. And the Niners, who, again, by every account, power rated number one, power rated number one for the majority of the season, if not all of it for some, Alex, they escape. And usually when you let the good team escape, yep. I don't feel good about either side. Whoever wins this Detroit game today, Detroit or Tampa, I don't feel good about either of their chances going to San Francisco. Forget winning the game, but being competitive in the game because it feels like the Niners had their clunker, and got away with it last night. I couldn't agree anymore. I think they just 
offensively, they weren't in rhythm from the time off. I think they'll figure, figure that out for next week. And really for Green Bay, I mean, they just proved that they are legitimate and they will be back. And they looked very good defensively and offensively. I think Brock Purdy got lucky because he had some bad throws as well that were not picked off. And Jordan Love was just on the wrong side there. Just for Green Bay, again, next year, when these numbers start populating the market, there are some win totals out there. If you're betting win totals in February, unless if there is such, or excuse me, in January, unless if there is such a number out there that is so wrong, which just eyeballing it this morning, I didn't see anything that was just egregious. You got to let the whole offseason play out before at least even determining those. those How high was Green Bay Green already? Green was 10 and a half. Wow. Which, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You had in the playoff when they only won 10 this year. Uh, their schedule, uh, I, I just got to double check it. I'm pretty sure they uh, they cross they cross with the a, with the uh, with the AFC North next year. No, they cross with the South, and then they cross with the NFC West. I I, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't see what the offseason is. But that's a team that I would imagine will be a a very popular future bet next year to win the NFC North at a plus price because I would imagine them and Detroit will both be plus money next year as Detroit the smaller favorite in yep. that regard. And if the Bears have a good offseason. Who knows? Minnesota's going to be the long shot in this division next year. But let's worry about the present before we get to the future here. Let's go to today. Our initial thoughts. By the way, Ben Hessler of the Kansas City Sports Network with us. 915 Pacific and of course our guy Vinny Maliulo, the Hall of Famer himself from behind the counter here at the South Point. 9.30, as always, for our guy Vincenzo. Let's go to Tampa and, and Detroit first. Alex, Detroit's down to six. 49 and a half is the total. I don't think we see five and a half. I don't think this gets through six. But it has been pretty considerable one-way traffic on Tampa the last 48 hours. I was hoping that we'd see that seven. I did jump in at the six and a half, took the points here with the dog, I know that this team got very lucky and the Eagles really couldn't tackle last week, so their offense took advantage of that. But what I was most impressed with is their defense and that Eagles front, their offensive line has been the best in the league for a good 18 months now. And the way they blitz, we know Todd Walls loves to do that. I think that we can anticipate them doing that again here and pressuring Jared Goff. I think it'll throw their run game off a little bit, which the Lions have revolved relied on very heavily this year with Gibbs and Montgomery. So I like the points here with the dog. I think the Lions ultimately win this, but I think that Tampa Bay will keep it close. So before I give my thoughts on this game, and, and we'll get them throughout the whole show, prop-wise in this game, by the way, Trey Palmer, I know this has been a fun thing in, uh, in, in gambling Twitter uh, the last few weeks, where when Trey Palmer tweets something in the vein of, I woke up mad today, uh, Maybe not as 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 good for air on the on the wording. Uh, that tweet did go out this morning. So Trey Palmer is going to get steamed in the anytime touchdown because he scored in all three games. Wow, I didn't know this. This, this is new to me. Alex, gambling <laughs> Twitter comes up with the most ridiculous stuff humanly possible. Um, but I will say this for this, and we you and I have been talking about this for the last few days. Mike Evans touchdown prop. You can get him at even money. At some shops, I, the best number I saw last night was plus 110. Uh, that number, I just want to double check that that's not there because it wasn't there 
Uh, not too long ago. Yeah, it's actually now minus 105 at the book that had a plus 110. Okay. So even money is the is the best n- number out there. Again, I don't love I, I don't love laying a price or just taking even on touchdown props very often, but you, we've had this discussion. We know what happens if we don't bet. He scored multiple <laughs> touchdowns if we uh, if we don't bet it, but that was something you were looking at throughout this week. Mike Evans is due, and we've um... – that's the do factor. There we go. There we go. I mean, through November, he scored a touchdown. One, two, three, four, four straight, missed a game, then scored in the next two. And then he has it in the last three. So once we kind of noticed that, we started talking about it. And as soon as we jumped on December 31st, he hasn't scored since. And then, of course, we know last week he missed a wide open pass there that would have definitely been a touchdown for him. So. Yeah, I like Mike Evans in this. Um, it is tough because Kate Auden has been really good for Tampa Bay. They have Chris Godwin. So Baker Mayfield has other targets, but we're going with the tall wide receiver here in this one. For Detroit's defense, I just want to talk about this before we go to the other side of the ball for the line. They, they did not play well last week. Last week, these these potential NFC upsets that we have not seen that just came up short these with that game and then of course uh last night it was the inefficiency in the red zone where the Rams kept settling for field goals Rams average 8 yards per play you're not supposed to lose a game you average 8 yards per play now Detroit was good on offense themselves they were 6 yards per play in that first half they scored on 3 or 4 drives and the only drive they didn't score was uh the one with the false start that should have been an offside that should have been an encroachment on on the Rams that the refs just totally botched, and who knows it might have been a fourth touchdown and four drives at that point for Detroit. But Alex, this defense for the Lions, we talked about it last week. They got away with it. This defense still stinks, especially against the pass. And the question always comes to me: of is this Tampa offense a passing offense that is capable of taking advantage of this? They took full advantage of Philadelphia's disaster last week. Totally different circumstance on the road, especially with all the one thing that didn't go right for the Rams last week were all those pre-snap penalties in due part because that crowd was off its rocker with how loud it was. You make great points. I, We all know the Lions secondary is their weakness. I do think Tampa Bay can take advantage. And like you said, they did last week. Typically, they're a team that goes run, run, pass. And they switched it up last week knowing that the Eagles had their – troubles in the secondary so I think we'll see that again here with Tampa Bay I'm not saying they win outright but this is a feisty team um everyone's already counted them out uh, even before they won this division so I think that um they'll hang in this one for sure so we're at six the best of the numbers gone I can't do anything here again I, I mentioned this on I don't remember it was I guess it was Thursday when you were not here if you tell me this game starts at noon our time, three local in Detroit, you tell me by six fifteen. All right, the Lions won this game thirty eight to thirty eight to, to seventeen. Cool, totally see it. You tell me the 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 Bucks went on the road. Baker Mayfield played great, and Tampa found a way and stunned Detroit. All right, I could see it. The only thing I think I feel pretty good about. And now I missed the best of the number on a total, and I don't know if I want to chase it because there is a pretty reasonable difference between 48 and a half and 49 and a half. 
See you later, 28-21, yes. which is a legitimate final score. You're now a loser at 49.5 as opposed to the 48.5. With that said, I, don't, I would not want the under in this game. I really wouldn't, Alex. I just think this is one of those where I think both of these defenses are going to have their sort of struggles, unless if, again, Tampa's blitzing, third highest blitz rates in the NFL this year, if that blitzing comes into fruition. I think you can feel pretty confident waiting for halftime and betting the second half, depending on how the first half goes. We've seen it all last week in the Super Wild Card round. We saw it yesterday. Either defense comes out and it's a very slow, tough first half, and then we see a lot of points in the second half, just like we did with Green Bay and San Francisco, or vice versa. So, I mean, if this game comes out, and with the Rams and Lions last week, flew over in that first half, right? and then. I can't remember. I think seven points scored in the second half. So I think you could kind of go opposite here. I mean, unless they're both just moving the ball. And like you said, you don't feel comfortable taking an under, even if it's a second half under there. Any other props you're looking at in this game? No, just that Mike Evans, nothing. Just no, Mike Evans, just yeah. Mike Evans. Uh, it, again, this is, of the four games this weekend, this was the toughest handicap. And this is honestly three of the, Last night, we, we were wrong. Both of us were wrong. The first game, Baltimore ended up getting there after that slow start. In retrospect, that was probably both. The, and this may be something to look forward to moving forward, where especially, in, and Chris brought it up, Vinny brought it up, when you have the one seed sitting yeah. out there, guys, week 18, go against them in the first half. Yeah. I, I think that may just be an auto going forward, and if you get blasted, you get blasted. That's, that's all it has to be. Both. Houston and Green Bay with ease in first half numbers yesterday uh, in both of those games. All right. Let's go to Kansas City and Buffalo. We'll have plenty of thoughts on this game throughout the show. Two-way action on the desk, as our friend Vinny Maliola would say. Chiefs and Buffalo. This has been the epic toggler here at the South Point. All right. I'm going to make sure I get all these right. Open three. Two and a half. Three. Two and a half, three, 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 two and a half. We haven't moved off this latest two and a half since Friday. I don't know what's wrong with everyone. We've got to be moving these numbers constantly based off of that. That's 14 moves that I just spelled out there, Alex. Uh, total from 46 and a half to 45 and a half. I'll let you go first here. I know where you're going, but why are you going to that? So I don't have a whole lot to really back this, but I did lay the two and a half here, minus 110 with the Bills, mostly just because they've been tested. They've been at this spot for five weeks now. They had to win six straight to get into the, five straight to get into the playoffs, including that big win over Miami to get the one seed where Miami was not all banged up yet in that game. A lot of injuries came from that game, but that was a great win for them to get in this spot. I just... This Chiefs team has been inconsistent all year long. We've seen two really good games from them offensively, and that is against the Bengals, and we know the troubles that they've had this year. And then this last game against the Dolphins in that weather. So I'm not confident in that offense at all. I know their defense is elite. I think the Bills' defense is good enough in this one. The Bills' median at home this year is 29 points a game, and they've held teams to 17 and a half, and that is just enough if they can keep the Chiefs under 20 here. So just going through everything here. First off, our guy Sam Paniatovich was with us yesterday. I tend to agree with him that this total is too high. 
where the weather in Buffalo, of course, they needed more snow shovelers again up there. But the weather, all things considered, you're not complaining. It's going to be 20. It's going to be 24 degrees with about 10 mile an hour winds with no precipitation. Perfectly fine for January 21st in Buffalo. Nothing wrong with that. You know, it's going to be cold. You, you right. kind of kind of cringe there with 21 <laughs> degrees, but that's not too bad for Western New York at this time of the year, Alex. That total is too high for one, and I agree with the move down a point. Now, the big there's two things at play here. I don't want this to sound like Mike Tomlin hasn't had an under 500 season ever, but this is Patrick Mahomes' first road game. We know this. This is the first time he's played on the road in the NFL playoffs. First time. The only other, the only non-home games were the were his three Super Bowl appearances. I don't think that matters. I really don't think that matters at all. I know that's been a narrative. I don't care. You, you play this game on Mars, I wouldn't care. It would be a little difficult to play on Mars. <laughs> I get that. But I don't really care that this is the first time that they're going on the road in the Mahomes era in the playoffs. What I do care about for Kansas City, and I'm, I'm going against, I'm looking at the angles of going on the other side. Right. Where there are injuries on Buffalo's defense. There are injuries uh, Kansas City's defense is relatively healthy, all things considered. But there are concerns about that offensive line. And the one area that Buffalo's defense is still healthy is their pass rush. So if you want to go out and bet Buffalo here short of the three, that to me, forget Josh Allen, forget that offense. Your best argument to me is, hey, this is going to kind of look like the Tampa Super Bowl a few years ago for Kansas City. Where... I don't think that Kansas City's offensive line can hold up against Buffalo's pass rush. I think that's the best argument for betting on Buffalo in this game. Very good. And that game wasn't even close. No, I mean, they didn't protect Patrick Mahomes at all. But I think this offensive line is a little bit better than he had nobody Well, I left. mean, look, yeah. that, that, look, they were down to back, back up left and right tackles in that game. And in retrospect, we did not give Tampa's defensive prowess enough credit that year. Right. Because, of course, it was, oh, well, it's all Tom Brady. Right. They, they, that's the turnaround. Now, be, on top of Tom Brady being down there and being the GOAT, the uh, the defense was awesome. Yes, that you're year. right. And, and we didn't give them enough credit. Now, granted, if uh, Jared Cook doesn't fumble that football going in to put New Orleans up two scores two weeks before, New Orleans probably is uh, playing in that game instead of Tampa, maybe even Green Bay in that game. But, hey, that's a different different argument for a different day. Uh, but the, then we go into Kansas City Saturday. Okay. Where all you have to point to is, all right, what happened to Buffalo last year in this exact spot? Where Buffalo had it was Buffalo was pretty darn healthy, all things considered, on defense last year. I know, yes, I know there was a there was a lot of emotion with everything that had happened three weeks before against that same opponent with Demar Hamlin. But Cincinnati was Cincinnati at that point. They had four backup offensive linemen in that. Four. They had a totally different old line from the week before. And they went to Buffalo and smashed them. Totally smashed them. It was the best coaching job Zach Taylor has ever done. And I can point to that and say, you know what? Hey, this is Andy Reid I'm talking about here. You got schooled by Zach Taylor with a mediocre offensive line last year. Why can't Andy Reid go there and, and do the same thing and game plan enough in order to get there? Oh, and by the way, I have number 15. As Panianovich, as Sam said yesterday, as long as that dude's still out there, Hard to bet against Kansas City, especially when I'm getting points. Kind of like the Super Bowl last year, Alex. 
The only thing I'll say to that is, what about Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon? Sure, that is a big difference. It's a it, big difference in weapons difference. that the Bengals had. Well, you're telling me Valdez Scanling and uh, Justin Watson uh, are not on the same level as Chase and uh, Higgins? <laughs> I will say that. this. Um, one more thing on the Kansas City side. They're going to win this game, I think. Not think. Pacheco's going to have a big yes. day. Going to have to have a big day. And he was great in the divisional round, or excuse me, the wild card round against Miami. He's been great all year. You get a big game out of Pacheco, you alleviate the pressure, you open up a little bit. And as I said earlier in the week, Patrick Mahomes, that game last week, it was the first time all year it didn't feel like he was forcing. And if he plays like he did last week, I do like Kansas City to go there, win it outright. And then next week, we were having this discussion where Baltimore, in the early numbers that have appeared, have shown up as three-point favorites against Buffalo and three-and-a-half against Kansas City. If Buffalo wins and wins comfortably, I could Baltimore two-and-a-half, I think, is in play, which would be an automatic bet on Baltimore, anything short of three. I don't think you can move, even if Kansas City wins comfortably, I don't think you can move off three-and-a-half with Kansas City and Baltimore. I, I just don't see that happening. I don't think you should move off three with Buffalo, right. personally. But I know how the market is love Buffalo all year in comparison to what I have. If they win and they win comfortably today, that's going to move to two and a half. And I think that's wrong. I don't see either of these teams unless, unless Baltimore gets turnover happy going to Baltimore and winning next week. Now it's a little bit different in the NFC side where Kansas City's Patrick Mahomes and Buffalo is immensely talented on all. So I would give, the winner of this game, a significantly better chance, and a number will dictate it because it'll probably be, we were having this discussion before the show, six points less potentially. Yes. Uh, maybe even more if it's Tampa yes. uh, winning the NFC game today. Well, it will be more if it's Tampa winning the NFC game today. But a, this is really lining up for just down the road from us, Baltimore and San Francisco, <laughs> like we all expected before the postseason. It really is. I can't see either of these teams, Chiefs or Bills, going to Baltimore and beating that team. If they're... As dominant as they were in the second half yesterday, I think this is the Ravens' year to make it to the Super Bowl. Let's uh, let's shift to some college hoops real quick because there's a game starting at the top of the hour that I want to get to before they get rolling in College Park, Maryland. <laughs> Terps, Spartans, Big Ten ball. It's a pick behind us. Maryland even went to a favorite in some spots in this game. I, you know... I'm a little perplexed with this move. Now, we know the theory in the Big Ten, as the three-man weavers have told us. You win your home games, steal a, few, steal a game or two on the road, you're in pretty good shape. I just don't think this Maryland team's that good. Now, they had that wild upset at Illinois last Sunday. I like Michigan State. I, I think this is one of those games where if you're the Spartans, you go on the road, You're starting to play a little better. Back-to-back good, solid home wins against Rutgers and Minnesota. They've been bad away from East Lansing, but this feels like the spot to get on the right track, and they just got to keep piling wins because they are squarely on the bubble with all those losses and non-con. See, I was on the side of Maryland getting points here at home, but now that it has flipped this much, I didn't do anything. But Michigan State, one and five straight up, one, four, and one ATS on the road. And then Maryland, not much better against the spread, though. They are nine and one straight up at home this year, but just four and six against the spread. So nothing for me here in this one. But I do I do agree with the move here. And you just said it, the home team, 
you can get points in this Big Ten conference. I always look to that. Yeah, you know, so yesterday in the Big Ten, uh, Purdue went on the road. They handled their business against Iowa. Uh, Nebraska won a tough game against Northwestern. Wisconsin, of course, on Friday night. I, I, I love that Wisconsin has now turned into this team that plays so slow and is scoring basically in the 80s every night. Just totally, totally backwards for what they are. But for Michigan State, I mean, if you win this game, you're you're tied for fifth in the conference with everything that has gone wrong so far. Uh, same deal. Mer winner of this game actually is tied for fifth. Doesn't matter who wins. Maryland also sitting at three and four. Uh, as we all expected, Michigan is in last in the Big Ten right now. It's been an awful year for Juwan Howard and company in Ann Arbor. Speaking of the Big Ten, I want to hit one more here. Uh, this is a 1 o'clock Eastern game. Uh, noon local time in Champaign, Illinois. Fighting the Illini, taking on Rutgers. Uh, unknown, because uh, uh, Terrence Shannon got the TRO in the uh, in the case in uh, in Lawrence. So his suspension is going to be coming to an end. Uh, it is still unknown uh, if he will suit up today. Uh, the market is telling us that he is going to play. Uh, and actually the latest report is he's warming up. So it looks like <laughs> he is going to go for Illinois today. Uh, 11 right now on the Illini at home with a total that has dipped four points. From 145 and a half to 141. Yeah, nothing for me here. I'm just going to watch this one, especially if he is playing here for the home team, who have been very good. That was a weird loss that they had against Maryland. But other than that, Illinois has been very good this year. So Illinois, uh, Illinois, I think, is one of the teams, is one of the true contenders to win the title. Uh, problem is, I just don't trust Brad Underwood in the postseason. Illinois was 30 to one uh, here not too long ago to win the title. Uh, you know, it's interesting with, with this topsy turvy year in college hoops with the futures, uh, Arizona's the betting favorite behind us with Kansas right out there. No way. Kansas is winning the title. It's just not deep enough. Uh, and their two conference losses have been an abomination, have been abominations to two of the three worst, two of the worst, four worst teams in the league. Uh, there, there are numbers uh, going into yesterday's action. Uh, I really don't trust Arizona either. Nah, nah, Arizona should not be the favorite. I would, I get why they, they are, just because of liability reasons, and also the fact that they got off to that great start right. early in the year. Uh, I, I, again, as we talked about yesterday with a guy, Sammy P, like Kentucky, the Huskies, I still think are the best team in the country. I don't think Kentucky's twenty to one now. Uh, and but. the uh, and North Carolina, yep. again, uh, another team that uh, the. Uh, they they kind of struggled for a good chunk of time yesterday. They did get your cover though in the end, <laughs> uh, against Boston College. Carolina's won eight straight, uh, with uh, likely going to win their next three, and then they get the big showdown on the first Saturday in February for that Tobacco Road showdown in the Dean Dome first this year. They did get the cover a little bit more stressful than it needed to be, but UConn did not, and. Uh... A well, big three-pointer at the yeah, end there. If you had UConn at the good numbers yesterday, UConn up four. Villanova throws in a heave at the buzzer to make it a one-point game. Just absolutely gross if you if you laid the early three-and-a-halves that were out there with UConn yesterday. Huskies, by the way, winners of seven straight as well. Um, probably they'll be, they'll be double-digit favorites both games this week. Uh, well, actually, they only have one game this week, but they're next two. Again, Xavier and Providence. 
before a trip to Madison Square Garden on that first Saturday of February, which should be a dynamite game between them and St. John's. And Alex, uh, for, for being from that area of the country, that still probably will play as a Connecticut home game. Okay. Uh, just because of the nature of all those UConn fans traveling and making that short trip uh, from the state of Connecticut to Manhattan. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, more college hoops. Check in if Alex White has some hockey as well on a Sunday. And Ben Hessler joins us in 15 minutes. That's next. Sports by the Book, South Point Studio. South Point is also proud to provide a variety of relaxing amenities for the guests who want to be pampered. Soak up the sun and let your stress melt away in our lagoon-style paradise swimming pool. A relaxing getaway where you can bask in the desert sun and enjoy seasonal food and bar service poolside. And if you really want to escape, come to Spa Costa del Sur. From couple suites to a co-ed wet area, our spa caters to business and leisure travelers who want to unwind and elevate their senses. A visit to one of our spa's steam, sauna, or whirlpool treatment rooms will leave any guest feeling like they can take on the world. Our gaming amenities include over 60 table games and over 2,600 of the most popular slot and video poker machines. We have penny slots, including the popular Buffalo games and real machines like Wheel of Fortune, Triple Sevens, and Megabucks. If you prefer video poker, try Deuces Wild, Double Double Bonus, or a variety of multi-denomination games. Or try your hand at one of the most popular casino table games in the world, Blackjack. Don't let the game intimidate you. Blackjack, also known as 21, is both easy and fun. And our dealers are always happy to assist. And the best part, Blackjack always pays three to two. Next, check out the roulette tables. Roulette is one of the easiest casino games to learn and so much fun to play. It's a favorite of both beginners and seasoned players. In addition to Blackjack and Roulette, our casino pit features over 60 popular table games like Baccarat, Pie Gow Poker, Three Card Poker, Ultimate Texas Hold'em, and Mississippi Stud. So get out of your room and come join in the fun. Welcome back in at Sports by the Book. Here at the top of the hour, I'm Jeff Barles. Alex White alongside, as always, Ben Hessler of Kansas City Sports Network with us in 15 minutes, host of Benny and the Bets for KCSN. We'll get the KC perspective of the late game today. We'll also see what bets Ben may have on both games today in the NFL. All right, I want to go over back to college hoops real quick. Uh, Memphis is on the road in New Orleans today to take on Tulane. Uh, yesterday in our in our ridiculously high total game, uh, Kentucky and Georgia they went over the total by thirty points. Uh, Purdue and Iowa somehow did not get there. It did not. Um, so uh, split on those totals in the one sixties that we went over on yesterday. Uh, forget one sixties. We're at one seventy for this total. Yeah. Uh, and. It's a three-point line Memphis favorite on the road here. You know, it's been a little bit of a, a little bit of a struggle recently for the Memphis Tigers, who earlier in the week, uh, credit to our guy Matt Cox, who was on South Florida. He wasn't on them outright, but he was on them plus the points. He didn't need no points in that game. 
South Florida went to Memphis and pulled the outright upset with a free throw with under three seconds to go and win by one. Uh, and quite frankly, Alex, it, that had been coming for Memphis, where playing with fire in AAC play, need a buzzer beater to beat a pretty mediocre Tulsa team. Had to come from behind to beat SMU at home. SMU is pretty good, but still had to come from behind. Uh, needed overtime to beat Ken Palm 282 UTSA. Not good. They finally showed up, destroyed Wichita, but now coming off a loss. Now they play Tulane, as, as we have heard from our Weavers. They'll make money betting Tulane unders. <laughs> That's right. I liked this over 168. Now 170 seems a little bit high, but I mean, both these teams play really fast. Tulane 11th fastest and Memphis 30th in the country, 71.8 possessions. Memphis 11 and 6 to the over and Tulane 10 at 6 and 1 on the year. Especially Tulane at home, though. I would still look at this. Is 170 too high for you? No. <laughs> I had to think about it. No, it's not. It's so let's look pace real quick. We've, we've talked about this where pace is more important than anything to me. Even if a team may be good on defense, if you're playing fast, you're still going to get buckets. Memphis is worse on defense than I thought they would be this year because last year, the one thing that happened with them, they played same breakneck style, but they were top 40 defense. They were good defense last year. They're 65. Yeah. Still not bad, but there's a pretty significant gap for 25 spots, especially at that level for college basketball, uh, Ken Pop numbers for defensive efficiency. Now you go here where Memphis is averaging 71.8 possessions per game. Tulane is averaging 73 and a half. Mm -hmm. Everything screams here. This game's going to be in, a, in the mid-70s. Maybe even faster because you have two teams that want to get out and run. You also have with Tulane a team that can't offensive rebound. They can't offensive rebound. Wow. So you're getting a lot more... You're going to get a lot more possessions here. You're not going to have a lot of these possessions where it's like, oh, Tulane's getting three shots. No, 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 no. It'll be one and done more times than not. There are only, you're, you're going to like this, Alex. On an offensive glass, you know how many teams are worse than Tulane? Well, they're 361, so how many does that leave us? It leaves us one. One team. It leaves us one. <laughs> only Tennessee Tech is worse on the offensive glass as an offensive rebounding team. So I actually like Memphis. I don't, I don't mind that. You lay a flat three. No problem with that on the road. It feels like a good bounce back after that loss uh, to South Florida. But I also do like this over. I, I think it is good enough to go over 170, even though this is an astronomically high total on that one. All right, South, speaking of South Florida, they host Wichita. Uh, 151 and a half the total. This is another one. We talk about this in college hoops. This happens from time to time. Total as low as 150, as high as 152 in the market. Shop around on whatever you want. The big question here, Alex, is, can you get there on the Shockers who have really not played well this year at any point? Can you get there on the Shockers in what is a pretty darn good fade spot against the Bulls yep. here? Yeah, I think four and a half is enough to take here with the road team South Florida coming off that big win at Memphis. You're right, though. I mean, Wichita State has not been good. Lost six in a row, but five of them were really good teams. The, the one bad loss was against Temple there, but I did take the four and a half here with Wichita State. Wichita has won once since the calendar turned to December. Only win was against Southern Illinois. They beat them by a point. You mentioned it. I mean, they lost to Mizzou. They lost to South Dakota State 
in his current losing streak of six straight. You're right. Kansas State, borderline tournament team. KU, obviously good, even though they're down. North Texas, I think, is extraordinarily underrated. Um, Temple, bad loss. Team in the 230s, horrible loss. Memphis and, and Florida Atlantic, who are the two best teams in the league. They really have lost to the three best teams in the league so far in their first four games, uh, even though North Texas lost yesterday at Charlotte. Yeah, I can't, I can't get there, though. I, I, just, I, I know that this is a dynamite fade spot of, of South Florida. I just wish it was... I wish it was six and a half. Like, if we were six and a half, all right, cool. Four and a half, I think it's just short enough that it's like, okay, I can't do anything here on this one. All right, let's go to Oregon and Washington, or excuse me, Oregon and Utah, I should say. The Utes, six-point favorites in this one against the Ducks. Uh, I, I don't know what to make of Oregon. Really don't know uh, what to make of this team where you look at the metrics, they're pretty average. Their only loss so far in conference was Thursday against the Buffs. I will say, though, and we know this, in the elevation double, which is Boulder and Salt Lake City, usually really hard to go there and win the second game unless if one of the two teams is really down. I would look to lay six with Utah. I think that's the only way you can play this here. You're right, and I went under 153 last night on the mm-hmm. opening line, and it has moved down to 159, so... That's right where I thought it should be, so I wouldn't go under that. So if I were to play a side, it would definitely be Utah here. But they're 7-3 to the under this year. I like their pace. They like to play slow. but Well, no, they like to play fast, but the last three games they've played started to play slow now here in conference play, and Oregon's going to try and slow it down to stay in this one. Utah has huge home road splits. Not surprising that they have big home road splits. But you look at their their in-conference now, granted, the four opponents they played at home in conference, Wazoo, Washington, UCLA, Oregon State. Argument to be made, Oregon's the best team that they have played in conference at home. But they've really, other than Washington, five-point win, 22-point win, obviously that 46-point demolishing of UCLA, and then they beat Oregon State by 27 earlier. They've been dominant at home. Opponents, yes, haven't been great, but this is a good spot for Utah, and especially when you look at the road. They're only they did win at St. Mary's, great win in non-con, but yes. in conference, handled pretty easily by Arizona State, who I think by every account is pretty average. Uh, got blasted by Arizona. All right, fine, nothing wrong with that. And then they lost to Stanford. Big difference between the Utes at home. They're at home. We'll lay the six. Good number by you on the under there at one fifty-three. Uh, you do have one more play. By the way, all these games are going to be done by 7 o'clock Eastern time, uh, except for one extra game, which is Central Connecticut and Long Island, which I don't think you have a play on. I know I don't, uh, out of the NEC. Uh, Indiana State and Murray State, uh, some uh, Missouri Valley hoops here. You know, I, I'll give the Sycamores credit, uh, Alex, where they're a top 50 Ken Palm team. They're legitimately good. Uh, their losses this year have come to Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Nothing objectionable to that at Michigan state, nothing objectionable to that. And on the road to Drake, who is to me, the best team in that league, good basketball team. They go on the road to Murray state. It's not, not your, your old school Murray state team. They've struggled since bumping up from the OVC to the MVC uh, five behind us. Make it five and a half now on the Sycamores 
on the road at the Racers. So I did lay the points here with Indiana State, even though they are on the road. Five and two against the spread now in conference play. Great shooting team, 51.3 from the field. And then Murray State, not great defensively. Teams have shot 47% or better against them. So I like the, um, the road favorite here in this one, which is a little bit uh, different for us. Looking for home dogs, but I like this spot for Indiana State. One last one I want to bring up in college hoops. Florida Atlantic on the road at UTSA. So you get used to these numbers when you get top of conference against bottom conference if the game's at the better team's place. You very rarely see 16 and a half or 17 with a road team in conference play, which is what FAU is laying here on the road. I... I don't know how you can lay this number. And the market has moved FAU up here. It has opened 16. I, I know UTSA is awful, but this is, this is aggressive to lay on the road here with the Owls, even though this is a big mismatch. And since you've been talking about FAU and they had that big win here in Vegas, they haven't been covering a whole lot. They're 0-5 against the spread in conference so far this year. So I, I think that is way too big. But... Not really um, interested in the points here with UTSA either. Yeah, this is not. I wish it was a better. UTSA was even just a little bit better. But this number wouldn't be this if UTSA was just a wee <laughs> bit better. All right. Let's uh, go to some other things today uh, before we shift back to the NFL. Uh, five hockey games. Excuse me. Six hockey games today. Uh, you have. I I'll ask you this right out of the gate. So the Islanders fired Lane Lambert yesterday. Patrick was now the new head coach. Perf classic Lou Lam Lamarillo move. They host Dallas. Do you give anything? We talk about this in football all the time. But do you give anything to a hockey coach bump from someone getting canned and the new coach coming in? And look, the Islanders have had a look good for a good chunk of the yes. early year, but they have been dreadful for about a month now. They're dollar five at home here, small underdog against Dallas. Is that good enough to take a shot at that or no? I think so. I, I wish I had actual trends and numbers. I might have to dive into that when I have some free time. But I know the Oilers did well this year, and we've seen other teams, especially that first game. The Islanders are good. I, I do think they're a good team, so I wouldn't mind doing that here with a team that's above average. Um and the Stars are a little, they've been inconsistent all year long. And Ottinger was, you know, dealing with some injuries. And now he's kind of back in that starting role in net. But they've still had their ups and downs here. And that's how hockey goes, just like NBA, right? It's such a long season that you can find good spots here. So I don't hate it at all, especially against the Stars team. And I do, I know totals today, which I typically love to look for some good under spots. If I were to play anything, it would be Toronto on the road because the Seattle team has been struggling as well. And Toronto too. I mean, they're one and four in their last five, Seattle two and three, but the Kraken just aren't great at home. They don't take advantage there. They are eight and 11 at home this season. So I like Toronto in this spot. And then I also like the Red Wings plus one and a half. That has become one of my favorite bets here. You do have to lay some for that though, to keep it close against Tampa Bay. Oilers, you mentioned the Oilers. The Oilers set the record for most consecutive wins by a Canadian team last night. They 13 in a row. Really good, yep. Yeah, just pretty good. Win 13 straight games and you're still in third place in the Pacific Division. This kind of shows where they were, where yes. 
hey, could end up with a, a VGK uh, Edmonton uh, showdown yet again in the postseason, which uh, I, I'm not sure who would like to see that, uh, at least from uh, at least as a first round opponent. I'd love to see it as a fan, but yeah, no. but uh, for a first round opponent, boy, if that's your matchup, that's pretty dynamite with Vancouver, of course, leading the Pacific Division at the moment. All right, we'll take a quick break. We get back. Ben Hessler, of course, Benny Hess joining us next of the Kansas City Sports Network. We'll get his thoughts on the game in Western New York and more when we get back. Sports by the book at the South Point Studio. South Point offers all the types of entertainment you'd expect at a first-class Las Vegas resort. Did you know our 400-seat showroom is one of Las Vegas' top destinations for live entertainment? Enjoy live performances by classic Vegas entertainers, bands, and today's hottest comedians, plus a rock and dance floor. You can also enjoy live entertainment at the Grand View Lounge, where you'll feel all the vibes of old Las Vegas. Enjoy the music, and if you love to laugh, don't miss The Dirty at 1230, our very own free comedy show, every Friday night at 1230 a.m. in the Grandview Lounge. The Dirty is 100% free, so arrive early. Go to southpointcasino.com or call the box office at 77136 for today's performances at the showroom and the Grandview Lounge. When you're ready for your favorite cocktail, stop in and unwind at one of our seven specialty lounges. There's a bar around every corner, because you're in Vegas, baby. South Point Casino has plenty of attractions for the whole family. Catch a movie. Our 16-screen movie theater includes two XD extreme screens for the ultimate in viewing, sound, and luxury. After the show, treat the family to a variety of treats at our old-fashioned ice cream parlor, Kate's Corner. We scoop up a variety of creamy concoctions, including smoothies, hand-dipped cones, milkshakes, malts, sodas, and sundaes. At Kate's, there's something for everyone. And if you've still got time to spare, our bowling center might be right up your alley. Voted Best of Las Vegas, it's a great place for friends and family fun. 64 lanes, a pro shop, snack bar, and arcade. And while the kids are bowling, you can play slots and sip on a drink in the Alley Cat Lounge while overlooking the lanes. For our more serious and professional bowlers, the South Point is also home to a separate tournament bowling plaza. Welcome back in. Sports by the Book is the show. I'm Jeff Parles. Alex White's here as well, and now joining us. He's a part of the Kansas City Sports Network, KCSN, the host of Benny and the Bets, Ben Heisler with us right now. Ben, a pleasure, pleasure as always, man. Thanks for uh, being with us. My pleasure. It's great to be on with you guys. So, Ben, let's uh, let's start off. Uh, this game, of course, Kansas City, first road game for Patrick Mahomes in the era uh, of him being the quarterback for this team road playoff game. First time we get that. Just going from the KC perspective here, I don't think it impacts anything. Does anyone covering the team or in that market think this impacts anything with it going on the road? I don't think Mahomes is going to be flustered at one bit here. I don't think he's going to be flustered either, guys. And I think when it comes to the real sort of conversation about 
Kansas City, at least locally, I know that from a national perspective and from the betting markets, they would tell you that it does matter. But um, every sense about this team is that they've kind of been looking for a new challenge to take on, right? Like it's been their offense and the consistencies there. And they're always trying to find that new narrative. And I, and I think about all the greats that have done this before, even, you know, with, with guys like Michael Jordan, we learned about it from the last dance where he would, he would make stuff up where if somebody thought he was doubting them, it would be a new motivational tactic. And you know, a lot of times I, I find it to be a bit ridiculous, but I think in the case of, of greatness, sometimes it needs to happen. And there's enough examples over the course of history that will tell you that. I, I don't think it matters one bit for Mahomes that he's playing in his first road game. I, they've he's been eight two in or excuse me eight one and one against the spread as an underdog over the course of his entire career. Um, what seven and three straight up in those games? It's not a playoff game, but they've played in cold weather. They've played in big and meaningful games before. They know this opponent. I, I'm not particularly concerned about it, and I think the fact that you can get them. Um, you know, I certainly took them at plus three. Uh, now that it's down to two and a half, maybe you can make a compelling argument on the Buffalo side because you're getting it before that key number. But I don't think it's a concern, and I think Kansas City fans are more concerned about whether or not the offense will find its groove um, as opposed to real concerns about Josh Allen. I think the confidence in this defense right now is where the big conversation has, has lied really throughout the course of the entire season, and it's changed how a lot of people approach betting Kansas City as well. Let's dive into this offense a little bit more. Last week, they looked really good. I think that was their best offensive performance against the Dolphins. Do you think they turned the page? Do you think he found his guys in Rasheed Rice and using Pacheco more on the ground? And we can see that again tonight. It's a really good question, Alex, because I think with Rasheed Rice, so much of the second half has kind of been an added bonus. Um, he's become that number one receiver on the team and that role that Juju Smith-Schuster uh, filled the year before. There's a sense of... Uh, added reliability, but really after him and Travis Kelsey, um, nobody really knows whether it's going to be, you know, a big Justin Watson catch perhaps, or or maybe Richie James comes through in the middle of the field. Uh, Noah Gray maybe making a play down the sidelines at the backup tight end spot. So I don't know if I necessarily look at it as they found something. I think they found advantageous matchups, and I think they faced a Dolphins team who, with very good corners, was just not in their element, and it showed. Uh, the Chiefs were incredibly physical. Um, they beat their matchups at the line of scrimmage. They ran the ball. They ran play action fairly effectively. Um, and I think you're going to need a lot more of the same today against uh, a much-improved defense uh, than that of Miami last week. So I think Kelsey's going to see his targets. I think Rasheed Rice is going to see his targets as well. But it's all got to be opened up with Isaiah Pacheco, even Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who started to show why they took a first-round pick on him a handful of years ago. It's taken a while to see that out of Clyde. But um, the physicality in which he's running, they need him, especially in another cold-weather game. Ben, we, uh, you mentioned the defense. And I, just looking at the total of this game, I, I think this total's way too high, personally, where... You're dealing with wind. You're dealing with a Buffalo pass rush that could take advantage of the Kansas City offensive line, which has struggled at times this year. And then looking at Kansas City's defense, they've only given up 21 or more four times this year. Buffalo only put 20 on them in that game at Arrowhead. I just think this total is way too high because the, the, the defenses in this game, even with all those injuries on the Buffalo side, Kansas City's defense has been top three defense all year long. 
And not only that, I think one of the favorite trends, and certainly I, I know that your guys' viewers aren't in all trends forward, like trends are the end all be all, but I think it's fairly significant when the numbers are this good. Kansas City in the second half of games this year, the under on the second half total has gone 15, or excuse me, 16 and two. Fourth quarter unders for Kansas City Chiefs games have gone 17 and one. So what does that tell you? It tells you that the defense certainly has stepped up in those situations, but it also tells you that their offensive identity is different in the second half as well. There's certainly been times where they haven't gotten the big plays from Mahomes and his receivers to be able to make the play and take the lead late in some of these games, the way that we've become accustomed to in Kansas City for so long. But more importantly, it's a complete shutdown of their opponent, and you see it consistently over the course of the year. Steve Spagnuolo's team has made the necessary adjustments to keep all these games fairly close. And the games that have gotten blown out, it's in large part due to just no movement offensively and maybe some bad plays in the earlier portion of the game. So I'm with you, Jeff. I, I think the under feels a tad bit high given the conditions. If I would consider a possible over, maybe it's on the first half where you can get it at anywhere between 22 and a half, uh, 23 and a half maybe feels a tad bit high to me. Um, or maybe you wait to try and get it, um, you know, just below 21 if it's, a if it's a slow start in this game and try and bet it live. I, I just view these teams as having really smart offensive coaches. And again, with the quarterback position, uh, they, they're going to have good scripted plays. And it wouldn't shock me if both of these teams get a touchdown on their opening possession. And then after that, that's where you're going to start to see the adjustments being made. So, I mean, that at this point, it feels like an auto bet for me to take uh, the second half and the fourth quarter under in play just because it's continued to hit consistently. And I, I, I'm waiting to be proven wrong on it. But I'm with you. If you're looking at an overall number, yeah, 45 and a half feels a tad bit high, especially for the conditions and what we've seen out of both of these two, both of these two defenses all year. Great breakdown, Ben, and I love those numbers for the second half in the fourth quarter there. Any props that you like in this one, and um, would you be willing to look at any Buffalo props as well? Yeah, um, I'll, I'll start on the Chiefs side for me. Um, I, I really like the number. I don't know if it's still at 14 and a half, uh, but I pounced on Isaiah Pacheco's rushing attempts at, at 14 and a half. That's kind of been the sweet spot for him. Really, in the second half of the season, we talked about the win conditions uh, and we talked about the need for Kansas City to remain really physical at the line. Um, I, I think with Pacheco, uh, the reliance that they have on him and the trust they have in him, um, that, that's a number that I, I really like. And especially given um, I don't anticipate Kansas City having to play from behind at a significant number, it's going to be important for them to run the ball, and I trust them to continue to do so in this matchup. So I like the over on rushing attempts for Pacheco at 14 and a half. And as I mentioned, I'm on the Chiefs at plus three. Uh, and then if you're looking for uh, a little bit of uh, slicing and dicing, Josh Allen and an anytime touchdown, that's certainly the case. Uh, you can find a couple boosts, even I believe over on DraftKings. Uh, they have it at plus 125 um, as, as a boost for today. And then Dalton Kincaid, listen, if you're trying to target Kansas City in the middle of the field, I, I think that's the spot to do it because Legereus Need has just been so good on the outside. We've seen him shut down Stephon Diggs earlier in the year. Gabe Davis, yes, he's had a couple of big games against Kansas City, but he's either 
all in or nothing at all. And then he's got McDuffie on the other side, likely shadowing him. So I'd rather target the middle of the field with a mismatch in Kincaid. Uh, I saw him earlier today at plus 1,500 for a first touchdown. Uh, there's a reasonable number for him on an anytime touchdown as well. And I also like both quarterbacks to exceed their rushing props today. I saw Mahomes at 25 and a half. Um, saw Josh Allen at 43 and a half. In the postseason, in big third down and long situations, both of these teams let their quarterbacks run. And again, given the weather conditions and the need to be able to sustain these long drives, I think they're going to let loose and, and let both of these quarterbacks run when they need to. Ben Heisler with us right now. Benny and the Bets, the show on KCSN. Uh, let's go to the other game, Ben, where Detroit, it's pretty amazing to just utter this sentence. The Detroit Lions are a six-point favorite in the NFC divisional round against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Down from six and a half. Uh, honestly, both of us were kind of hoping for seven here. Yeah. We never really got that unless if you had to lay in a little bit of extra juice. Total 49 and a half. I, this, is a, this is a tough handicap at these numbers for me, Ben. Do you have any angles that you're looking at for this one? This is probably going to be more of a prop play for me. I suppose... And I was kind of waiting for, just like you guys were, if this number would get to seven. I know that in Vegas, there has been some sharp money coming in on Detroit. And I would imagine that now at this number, uh, it will likely get moved back to six and a half. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I do think you're going to start to see uh, a bit more movement towards that number at a favorable number at, at minus six. Um, but I'm on the other side. I, I like Baker Mayfield in this matchup. He's always been that type of quarterback that I trust more when everybody has kind of cast him aside. And on the other side, in Jared Goff, I mean, he's been the best covering quarterback against the spread going all the bit, all the way back to 2018, which, you know, you, you think Jared Goff and, and, you know, most winnable quarterbacks to bet on, it, it doesn't necessarily add up in your head. But uh, that's been the case. But sort of in a similar fashion, you know, Detroit for a long time in those first couple of years with Dan Campbell was that great covering team when everybody dismissed them. Yet last week, they had an opportunity to stomp on L.A., wasn't able to do so in the second half, and they weren't able to cover that number. Still win the game. I, I could see a very similar situation here. I like Baker Mayfield to go over uh, his completion attempts today. Um, I, I just like the matchup because you can get Detroit uh, on the outside. I think Mike Evans and Chris Godwin should have real nice games. Kate Otten has started to emerge for them as well. Uh, and then on the other side for the Lions, listen, the, the Bucks secondary last couple games has looked better. But they've done so against, you know, a Carolina Panthers offense that uh, is basically all but done. And then a Philadelphia team that really hadn't been able to move the ball over the last six weeks. Now you're facing probably the hottest head coaching candidate in Ben Johnson, uh, who has done a remarkable job in turning this offense around. So I would imagine it's a good spot in this situation for Amon Ross St. Brown. I, I don't mind the movement even towards his receiving numbers. I think that you can still find it right around 90 and a half and also the over on his receptions. Like they're just gonna target him and target him a ton. They move him around the field. They're gonna find advantageous matchups. Uh, so I lean Tampa Bay. If you can still get it at six and a half, I, I think that's the play for me. Um, and then probably even the over too, guys. Like these are gonna be two offenses that, that move the ball. It's indoors. We've seen the numbers for golf inside versus out. Baker doesn't have to worry about field conditions as well. And he's been a better performing quarterback on the road as well. So yeah, give me Tampa Bay plus six and a half. Give me the over at 49 and a half. And uh, let's see how this thing shakes out. Great stuff, Ben, on both games, really. So we're down to six, huge game today between the Chiefs and the Bills. But ultimately, who are the two teams who make it here in Vegas, this Super Bowl? 
Wow. Um, it seems like I'm wanting to go down the chalk route. Um, but you know, given sort of how this season has, has gone down, I, I don't look at either Tampa Bay or Detroit as a reasonable team to take down San Francisco. I just think the matchups are far better. I, I thought Green Bay would, would keep it close, and it's just because of the knowledge that both of these two teams have with each other, and the Packers had been playing better than both Tampa Bay and Detroit down the stretch of the season anyway. Um, so I think their hardest challenge in the NFC is done. So I'll take San Francisco. Uh, and then if it's Kansas City... Um, you know, I'd like them to, to eventually, you know, hang on to this game or at least cover. I, I just don't think Buffalo or Kansas City has enough to take on Baltimore right now. That was a huge lift for Lamar Jackson to get that win. And they really didn't play well in the first half. They started to figure it out defensively. They got some more pressure on the quarterback. And then offensively, they still have so many weapons. And if Mark Andrews is back, that opens things up even more. So I'll go chalk. I know it's boring, but uh, I do believe it will be uh, another rematch um, between uh, Baltimore uh, and then uh, San Francisco uh, in the Super Bowl out in Vegas. And uh, I'm very jealous that uh, you guys will be in beautiful Las Vegas to be able to observe it all. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it'll, be, uh, it'll be a very interesting uh, time. And all I will say is I was having a conversation with a, fr with a friend of mine yesterday. If we somehow end up with Detroit and Buffalo, this may be the only city that could handle something like that with those two fan bases coming in with, of course, the winner of that. If we get Detroit Buffalo, winner of that would be hoisting the Lombardi for the first time. Yes. Over under a number of casino tables broken uh, would be a fun prop that to set up for the week over at Southport. You, you know, I, well, I'll have to ask Vinny that uh, when, when he comes in uh, in a second. Uh, he's uh, Ben Heisler there. Uh, of course, uh, get him on Benny and the bets on the Kansas City Sports Network. Ben, thanks for hanging out with us today. Uh, we'll talk again soon, and uh, best of luck on all your wagers for today. Alex, Jeff, my pleasure. Uh, always uh, enjoy the conversation. Looking forward to doing it again. Absolutely. Thanks, uh, Ben. Benny and the bets is the podcast where you can hear Ben on the Kansas City Sports Network. When we get back, we'll take a quick break. Vinny Maliulo, the Hall of Famer, joins us next. Sports by the Book, South Point Studio. We have 11 amazing restaurants featuring a wide variety for every price range and appetite. South Point's Garden Buffet has something for everyone at unbeatable prices. Or if hunger strikes in the middle of the night, join us at Coronado Cafe. The American menu offers breakfast, lunch, or dinner 24 hours a day, plus a Chinese kitchen for authentic Chinese dishes from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. From steak and eggs to wonton soup, it's fast and friendly service, 24-7. When you need a quick pick-me-up, you can find it at our state-of-the-art Starbucks just inside the main South Point entrance. Order ahead with the Starbucks app for easy mobile order pickups. Or enjoy your favorites in the relaxing dining area anytime, day or night. If you love Mexican food, Baja Miguel's has all of your south of the border favorites. There are dozens of classics to choose from, like fajitas, ceviche, chimichangas, tacos, and more. And for spirit lovers, Baja's colorful non-smoking tequila bar is right outside. Or maybe you're in the mood for seafood. Big Sur Oyster Bar has fresh seafood prepared right before your eyes. 
Savor freshly shucked oysters, crab legs jambalaya, shrimp and lobster, beers on tap, and a selection of fine wines are perfect to pair with your seafood favorite. Whether lunch or dinner, you'll love this fun atmosphere located just off the casino floor. Ready to shake things up? Step back in time and treat yourself to one of the oldest restaurant chains in the country. Steak and Shake, famous for original mouth-watering steak burgers and hand-dipped milkshakes in a variety of flavors. For some old-fashioned fun, try Steak and Shake. Welcome back in. Sports by the Book is the show. I'm Jeff Files. Alex White is here as well and now joining us a haircut yeah i had a cut uh, even on friday's show jeff Wait, <laughs> I, I thought i thought i noticed yesterday okay. thank you uh, see, i did i i it just shows good. i guess shows the white my shirt eyes, my the, eyes are not good enough the white shirt that i brought it out yeah i'd say be. so Vinny maliola <laughs> with us right now Vinny, i want to go i want to tread backwards first yeah and then we'll move to today mm -hmm. so yesterday and to your credit we're able to at least get Alex White off some first half stuff on favorites. Well, underdogs yeah. cover first halves yesterday. Yes, Houston gets annihilated in the second half. Mm -hmm. Credit to Baltimore doing what, what a, a top end one seed should do in the second half. No 24 mm -hmm. 34-10 final. But that was last night. I, an escape I, job. <laughs> I, I would say that was an epic escape job by San Fran, where I. I Few of, few of my very good friends are, are Packer fans, including fr a mutual friend of ours, Ben Wilson. Mm -hmm. And he texted me last night and said that game felt as bad as fourth and 20 at the end when they lost Green Bay. That felt as bad as fourth and 26, which obviously is at the time was considered the, wor the second worst loss in Green Bay's franchise history, only to the blowing that Super Bowl against Elway a few years before. And the Brandon Bostic game which is still, to me, one of the worst losses any team's ever taken in the NFL playoffs. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if I'm going that far. He would know better since he's a Packers fan. But that feels like last night where, you know, in the NCAA tournament, when a team wins a game they're not supposed to and then marches to the national title game? It feels like that for San Francisco last night. <clears throat> well, there's usually, in the NCAA tournament, you know, it's it's a gauntlet, right? And certainly the one and done aspect of it. it, it there's all it always seems to be a a close game. Even that, you know, you go back to unless if you're UConn last year. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> but even you know, you go back to uh, you know those UCLA teams. Go back to 1990. You you know UNLV's run. I think it was Ball State that uh, uh, they had. I think in the second game, uh, you know, they had a, a very close close a uh, game so <clears throat> there are there are certainly you know stumbles if you will along the way and credit credit green bay but you have to credit the niners too you oh, know yeah. i mean look they they found a way they came down they marched down and uh you know uh, brock purdy did his best uh joe montana <laughs> uh imitation and um they 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 got it done so um again i felt that you know my point yesterday was that Three weeks off is a is a <clears throat> is a lot. I mean, you can rest, you can heal, but teams, you know, are are in a rhythm. Teams, especially football teams, every day between games is 
you know, there's, there's a routine and three weeks off of that routine for the starters. I mean, let's face it, you know, they, because the Ravens and the, uh, the Niners, uh, obviously they did play, uh, their eight, uh, their 17th game, but the starters did not. And I, I just felt that, you know, particularly the first quarter was going to be, uh, uh, a little bit slow for him then in, in the first half, and I thought the points were valuable. So at least I was on the right side because the Ravens would have been the team to take in the first half, but that special teams uh, touched the, down. Yeah, exactly. and so it was tied going into half. Yeah. But to your credit, yes, you were like, "Hey, well, maybe not the first half. Yeah. Take the whole game." So Ravens did cover the whole good. game. That was good. I'm glad you guys cashed. I, I will say, well, one and one. I will. I will. Oh. I, I will say. So we for, got the juice. I will say <laughs> That's for, right. for 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 Baltimore last night. Just going to Baltimore for a second yeah. before going back to the Niners. I, that first half was super shaky, super shaky. Where yeah. Houston was able to move the ball, but then kept making mistakes that either knocked them out of field goal range. Fairbairn missed a field goal in that half. Uh, you never see Baltimore make special teams mistakes and. Mm-hmm. Houston's only touchdown would ended up being their only touchdown in yeah. the game. Yeah. By the way, Baltimore played eight quarters against the Texans this year. Didn't allow an offensive touchdown. Pretty impressive against yeah. that, against the <clears throat> offensive rookie of the year and CJ Stroud. But that second half, you see that from, from great teams, Super Bowl mm-hmm. winning teams do mm-hmm. that to teams that look credit to Houston. No one expected them to be there mm-hmm. tied at halftime in a divisional round. If you if you told a Texan fan before the year, hey, you're going to be tied against the number one seed going to the second half of the second round of the playoffs, yeah. they would have been like, you're out of your mind. Mm-hmm. You'd be lucky to win seven games. All right. Uh, but that was just that showed me so much. And and we've talked about Baltimore all year. They've done they've played up and beyond when their competition gets good. Yeah. And when they woke up in that second half, it looked like that Baltimore team that shelled Detroit, destroyed Seattle. And went to San Francisco and handled the yeah. Niners by two touchdowns in their own building. Well, I think you know some of the other things we talked about were, were was um, you know the depth of the the Ravens defense was going to have to be you know was going to come into play uh, one way or the other, and obviously it came in on on a very positive note. Um, and the other the other uh, aspect of it, the running game, right? I mean the 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 fact that the the Ravens could run the ball the way they did, and and then defend the run. I mean Houston's they had no, they had no running game yesterday at all. So, uh, and look, you have to, you have to credit uh, the coaching staff for the adjustments. You know, you have to look for those types of things also, especially in the playoffs. Which coaching staff uh, is going to make adjustments better? Um, and again, look at go give, go to the to the Packers uh, last week uh, in Dallas, where there were no adjustments right. at halftime or throughout the game uh, on the part of the uh, uh, the Dallas defense. So, uh, look, again, um, two good games yesterday uh, from our side of the counter, you know, good business. And um, the results the results were, were good because there was there were mon- money line on the dogs. The big dogs yesterday uh, really showed. Um, so, uh, but, but business was terrific. Folks did, uh, you know, there were, there were, we got a lot of late – uh, Packers and uh, and under uh, or under uh, like fifty one uh, fifty one and end. a half yeah. you know yeah. uh, parlays too so you know some folks uh, cashed and again good business folks are reloading today and um, we'll uh, 
we'll, we'll, we'll do a tremendous amount of business on today's games. All right, what do you have for us today? Any updates for the Bills and uh, Chiefs? I do. Moving. So, uh, uh, Lions right now, six, uh, and, and actually holding steady uh, at six. I mean, we've been at six now for oh, almost 24 hours here, here at South Point, 49 and a half on the total. So, open six, went to six and a half, got us uh, uh, open 48 and a half, uh, and now sitting at 49 and a half. So, pretty good two-way action on the game. On the other game, I, I, I said it yesterday, this, this – this Chiefs Bills game, uh, this number's moved more than the more than the temperature, more than the thermometer for for goodness sake. I mean, uh, Bills open three, uh, 46 and a half, and it's been a story of they they immediately took uh, uh, the the three when uh, Chris Andrews put it up last uh, last Sunday, and it's uh, toggled back and forth, taking the three with the Chiefs, laying two and a half. With the Bills, uh, the total is down to 45 and a half. I suspect it'll go go up a little bit, I think. You know, we've, Under. We've, Let's go. Get it we, higher. Let's we've go. seen Get 40, 46 and a half. Well, it, it opened 46 and a half. Yeah, and then back there. I, 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 think, I, think, I think you're seeing some 46s out there. I think, I think there'll be, you know, more, uh, more money on. Uh, uh, there'll be more money on the over right now. No, it's, it, it, we talk about this toggler all week. Yeah. Buffalo. Kansas City game, Vinny. I, I just based off the market. If this gets back to three, it's going to be there for a blink. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. there. If it gets back to three, yeah, it'll be there quickly, and then mm-hmm. it's going to disappear. There's some two and a half twenty in the market, I, but it's very limited two and a half twenty. Yeah. So kind of tells me that, especially knowing seeing the book that has the two and a half twenty at least in Vegas. They're going to be probably want to go to two and a half, two to two and a half minus twenty five, as opposed to actually go back. To Maybe, three. and then you know you got to make a decision. Do you do you take two and a half points and plus plus five cents? You know, you take a nickel. I mean, hard I mean, to pass. Uh, well, it is, but uh, you know, again, it's from our side of the counter. Obviously, I mean, there's no mystery. If, you, if the game comes Bills three, um, then we'll. The, the lines, the lines behind us to cash will look be, like the Super Bowl. It'll be, uh, it, it'll, it'll, but they'll get ready for next week too. So that if it happens, it happens. What do you think, Vinny? Who do you like in this one? I, I really, you know what? I, I, I have to tell you, Alex. I, you, you can make a case for both teams, and I'm not, I'm not hedging here. I'm just saying that, um, you have to give the Bills so much credit for what they've done. They've been in playoff mode now for a month and a half, right? And mm-hmm. you know, they, they couldn't afford a loss down uh down the stretch and they answered the call uh for the last month and a half um <clears throat> especially given the fact that they it it, I, it was there didn't seem to be a week that went by where they didn't incur another injury or, or injuries and last week was no exception and and critical injuries uh you know to the uh, linebacking and secondary again so um you know i think that and if, if, if for the Chiefs, um, you know, this is Patrick Mahomes' first road game in, in the playoffs, right? I don't think he's he's had to go on a road uh, since he's uh, uh, he's been in the league uh, during the postseason. So, you know, and the other thing about the Chiefs is we know about the, the whole receiving issues with their receivers and things like that. But if you notice, it's – their second halves are not good. They're not good in the second half. So if the game is close, you know, which 
you know, you know which Chiefs, uh, you know, team they're gonna have to. I think try to get as many points as possible in the first half. Um, coaching advantage, I think, goes to to the Chiefs with Andy Reid, um, and their defense is what's carried them all year. So, um, you know, I think I think it's going to be a, a a close game here. So I couldn't I couldn't play the game my, myself. I mean, I, I mean, booking it is is great. Like I said, it because it's great overall two way action. Um, but I think that when you know and. You know, when, when Chris, Jimmy, and I, too, we're, we're at the counter, you, you kind of interact with people, too, right? And you you, you want to hear what, what, what they have to say because people are putting their money up, you know? So, uh, and even on the on the phones, and you know, uh, when I say the phones, obviously the mobile apps, uh, when, the, when the bets are coming in, uh, you know, who's a professional and who's not. And, and you've seen professionals, you know, uh, get involved on both sides of this game. So, uh, again, you can you can make a case for either team here, uh, I think overall in in the other game, I think there's going to be more support and starting to see more support for the uh, for the Lions overall uh, in in that game there. So I don't, I, I really, to me, it's it's a, it literally is a, a coin flip here. It's funny you say that about the Chiefs not being good in the second half. The Bills scare me in the second half as well, mm-hmm. and they're three and five against the spread since week eleven in the second half, mm-hmm. and we just saw. Last week they made that um, game way too close against the Steelers. Let yeah. them hang in interesting. there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. They did end up covering, but yeah, they they let it, them hang around. So it is again a two way action on the desk. By the way, I know that comes as a stunner to you. You have you know who Buffalo. he has. Yes, no. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, you you know what it is. She's on Buffalo. My you're, you're okay. Uh, of course. All right. Uh, well, I'm also I'm also sitting on. But you you took three, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, and um, just and I, I hope so. Yeah, well, and also and also, well, well it's just it's a matter instructing. Of, we it's do. just a matter of if we get back to three. Do how much do do I take more again? That's just basically what it comes back. Hey, to. Yeah. Um, and also I'm I'm sitting on forget hedging. You and I had the hedging discussion yesterday, a little bit yesterday. Uh, we're sitting on a on at the household. We're sitting on a ten to one Kansas City Super Bowl ticket. So, um, okay, we're uh, all right. Hopefully, we can get to next week. I don't like their chance. I don't like either of these teams' chances against Baltimore. The way what Baltimore has showed us against no. the teams, uh, which I'll ask you this because mm-hmm. some books did put out some look-aheads for for next week after it was apparent Baltimore was going to win. Yeah, one of uh, the numbers I saw were Kansas City three and a half and Buffalo was a three and a half point underdog, and, Bu- and Buffalo was a three point dog. In in, in, Baltimore. Baltimore. in Baltimore. In Baltimore. I mean, it's probably going to be right right around a field goal. But again, I I I, I dislike. You dislike look aheads for well. I'll tell you why. There's because what happens is you 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 say it and you, you're basing it off of this moment with power ratings and and pregame and everything like that. Well, then the games play out. You know what kind of injuries are there? Uh, what you know what like for instance last night Debo Samuel. He was. I, I mean that's again. I've said all. I think he's their most valuable player. So if something like that happens, and again the. We've talked about it, right? The Bills have yet to come out of a game without an injury, a key injury, or or injuries. So what happens oftentimes is that you know you you, you can project, and then you know you you come out and there's something different, and people are like, well, you you know you said that yeah, but there's there's a lot of things that that go into it, uh, particularly how teams come out of games and what their performance is. During those uh, those other games, even like next week, I could tell you right now, 
the second game next week is going to impact the number because it's the freshest game and it's the freshest thing in people's minds, you see. And, and, and that's what people remember most. They tend to. Not professionals. Professionals will break it down. Professionals are making hype, uh, you know, uh, potential numbers now as well. So, and again, sure, we have potential numbers out there. And, uh, you know, there are props out there that in the event this matchup comes up, uh, this is, you know, you can bet it, you can bet it now, right? Um, which, by the way, review those house rules because <laughs> of course. you're locked into those, whether they get there or not. And, you know, it should be anyway so, in terms of a stipulation. So going, going to the other game uh, real quick. So I'm not going to ask you what you would make the numbers now because of what you just said. Well, I mean, but, again, but, you, you're going to start at, at three well, and then you're going to go from there, but it, it could, it could very well be higher. Well, I, again, like, because that's a, excuse me, that, that's a huge home. You saw what kind of home oh, field advantage yeah. it was yesterday. It's, a, a, it's one of the best in the – maybe the best right now. Eight pre-snap penalties by Houston yesterday. Yeah. Eight Yeah. in that game. Yeah. Um, it's it's eight. probably better. It's better than – I'll tell you what. Now, Baltimore, it's better than Arrowhead. Now. Oh, well, and it kind of also goes into what you, know? you and Chris have said also, where yeah. you take Kansas City out of Kansas City, they're still, really, they're still good. Yeah. Same deal with Baltimore. Oh, but yeah, but Baltimore, we've seen it. Yeah, I mean, look, Baltimore, but, I think, has a I, I agree with you. I, look, I think it's the best. It's it's one. If it It's probably, right now, it's, you know, especially in the postseason here uh, and what we've seen <clears throat> during the course of this year, um, this team is on a mission, and so are their fans. Oh, look, <laughs> look a, a, com a combination of uh, – <laughs> Of crab and natty boas goes a long way, right, Vinny? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> very good. <laughs> they're in uh, they're in Baltimore. All right, um, to the other game, the early game. You know, Vinny, this is this is kind of an interesting one because everyone has been wanting to pour money in on the Lions most of this year. Yeah, and we, if this had made it to seven, mm -hmm. this would have been a mm -hmm. take on Tampa. If it had made it to seven, you open six. Up to six and a half about right. 24 hours later. And then Friday, it went back to six and it has not moved. It's been very static at this six. I don't, think we're, get, I don't think we're getting off a of six, personally. I, I, don't, really don't. I, I don't know. You, we might. I mean, we would what have we, yesterday, we, Jeff, if, you know, again, uh, if there was more carryover. But the, uh, okay. there, there was not, uh, there's not a lot of carryover going to, to uh, this game. So, um, but again, the fact is, that it, it is, a, it's an earlier start too. I, I, I'm a little surprised that the, I thought that we would probably get the same times as yesterday. Now, again, folks adjust and everybody knows, uh, you know, they're not going to get shut out by any means, but um, the fact that there's no carryover, uh, and again, I just, at the counter, you know, you're, there are bets coming in on both sides. So yeah, you know, you, you're, 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 you're right, Jeff. It, there may be, uh, it may stay right there. Um, I, I don't see it dipping below i'd say there's more of a likelihood of it going up than coming down yeah that that, that yeah. was gonna be yeah. my next question yeah. i would imagine yeah. that if anything yeah the hook comes back on here six and a half yeah not us dipping right. the five and a half. i don't think so i don't i i, I, you know, but I, again, I think we all are in know. agreement on that the total i'm just asking on the total here mm -hmm. because we're at 49 and a half i think we touch 50 by the time this game i starts. i agree with you uh, and, and yeah. It then puts us in a little bit of a complicated situation, Alex, where I we were talking about earlier, 48 and a half, I thought it was pretty reasonable. You can go over 28-21. That was the opener. Obviously. Yeah, the opener. Yeah. I thought the opener was a reasonable, all mm -hmm. right, go ahead, go over 28-21. Mm -hmm. Very tra I, traditional score gets you over. 
now that we're north of that, it's hard for me to come back on the over. But I'm not, even if we get to 50, I can't justify betting the under here, even if we get to 50. Yeah, well, with the both their secondaries, kind of question mark, and Ben brought that up. I, w- I wouldn't really want to bet this under as well. Well, I think yeah, uh, I I think we'll continue to see more over money. Um, I think the Buccaneers. Listen, I know they scored quite a few points last week against Philadelphia, but I I have to tell you, Philadelphia's defense was absolutely atrocious. Couldn't and, make a tackle, <laughs> and um, just seemed at, towards the end there. I mean, you know, that fourth quarter, they were totally disinterested. Yeah, I mean, they were you know, checked it was, out. It's terrible. Um, so. You know, if, it, if it's a shootout, you could say, well, yeah, if it's a shootout, then okay, fine. But I, I don't think Tampa wants to get in that kind of game against Detroit um, because I think Detroit's defense right now is secondary or not. I just think it's it's better than what we saw out of Philadelphia. So, uh, Just um, I know we don't want to make numbers real quick, but regard, like, let's say Detroit wins by a touchdown today. Okay. I, it's hard for me. Laptop. It's hard for me to say, like, because so we closed ten and a half last night mm-hmm. on that game. I mean, doesn't that probably just have to come San Francisco eight, uh, San Francisco nine, and then just let the betters pick against wherever they Detroit? want against Detroit? I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't think. I think that might be high, Jeff. Might be high. It might I mean, be come high. To eight, eight, you know, come eight, then. That might be high too. I think on a pure power rating, it's probably. Let's say six, and then you go to the home field. So seven is, but that home field, you saw what, what you know? Could it be eight? Could it be a touchdown? Maybe you know, but well, I, yeah, right around there. If it's a touchdown, I will be on the favorite. I, I said a touchdown. I can tell you that right, right now. Yeah, okay, um, well, you, so you think they come out of it? Uh, I, that feels like last night for San Francisco, where look, they get to the Super Bowl. It's a different animal because any of the three teams left in the AFC, even with. Kansas City's issues this year, even with Buffalo's injuries, all three of those teams are capable of playing with San Francisco and beating San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I just have a hard time after escaping last night. Where right. I thought Green Bay was better last night. He should have won that game. But when you don't convert red zone appearances into touchdowns and you miss field goals that you're supposed to make, San Francisco's too good of a team to make mistakes like that. Well, but yet San Francisco... They did make look at look at the way they handled the end of the first half. Honestly, it was right? not it was not good. I mean, so <laughs> it was not good. Um, is again you have to the the, the Debo Samuel factor is is important, right? Is is he going to be able to play of next course. week? Okay. Um, who's got the better kicker, Detroit or San Francisco? Who would you say? Better. I mean, Alex, what would you go with? <laughs> I'm going to say Detroit might have a, an, an advantage at, at, in that category. Okay. I mean, it's close. Slight. I mean, it's close. It's close. But it's close. close. So, so, again, I mean, um, again, projections are, you know, again, how, how do they come out of today and what kind of health? And, again, Debo Samuel is uh, is an important component. But, and wh- why is he such an important component? Let's say, well, you got McCaffrey. Debo Samuel makes McCaffrey better. Right, and McCaffrey you could say right McCaffrey. No, no, he 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 did, and he you know that that last touchdown. I'm talking about during the course of a championship game, right? Which is you know you're talking about representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. Um, they're, you know, they're they're gonna they're gonna need him to uh, to to make them you know to be better. 
uh, for them to be better. I mean, I can tell you right now, they're, if Debo Samuel plays next week, it impacts the number. Not not greatly, not like like the quarterback would, but could it impact it by a half or a full point? Yeah, maybe, maybe. depending on how Detroit comes out of today. Yeah, a lot does depend on this game tonight because sure. I think to Jeff's point, watching that Green Bay team last night, I mean, they look better than the Lions right now and how they've been playing down the stretch, but we also haven't seen the Lions in a while. So let's see how they yeah. look today against Tampa Bay. Yeah, and I also am curious, like, again, Detroit – Detroit will have to go on the road. Yeah. If, and mm-hmm. there, there isn't a lot of a home field yeah. in San Francisco. I think we're all in agreement with that. It's a very sterile environment it's, in Santa Clara. You know what's interesting? You say that, yeah. I mean, there were quite a few Packer fans. But Packer yeah. fans, they, Packer they, fan, they, I mean, they travel. They travel. But you know what's, what's, what's amazing, too? Niner fans, we've seen. You know how they travel, too. So you wonder how, like, no, I mean, were, like how, how do they not have I mean, more of a home field Niners, advantage, right? Niners had a better home field advantage at Allegiant Stadium last yeah, year I, than they did at, 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 well, uh, everybody, at Levi's. Well, everybody yes, did. Everybody did. <laughs> exactly. Very true. Uh, but, but, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. Um, but, again, what happens if the weather next week is like yesterday? I, I have to tell you. That rain impacted the game. You know, we say that hey, it's wind more so bad because of I'm it. telling you that the 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 rain was a, a bit of an equalizer. Uh more of a more of a factor yesterday. The way it was coming down and and uh and things. So, you know, the field, you know, the field is uh pretty beat up. Yeah, uh, but I feel too. that turf's always been bad. By yeah. the way, as of the moment, they I I don't think you can do better than this at any time of the year in in the Bay Area. Next Sunday at kick is supposed to be 70 degrees. Really? With All right. w- with no precipitation and no wind. All right. That's good. You legitimately cannot ask for better weather. If it's those two which, teams. That might be bad for the Lions. Which, which I will say for if it is Detroit. Yeah. That is, that's a huge deal for them because we've seen Goff's problems in the past in inclement weather. Mm-hmm. Cold, cold especially. Granted, you're never going to get that cold in Santa Clara, but if it's 70 degrees at kickoff, I mean, that nice. might that total might not be high enough. I was at any just going to say, right. be a, high, a nice, <laughs> a, a nice high total for yeah. sure. Yeah, might, you so, might have, you might have to you might have to make that total in the low low you know, 50s. Probably start at uh, start at 51, 51 right? and yeah. go from there. Yeah, that would yeah. be uh, so. it could be it could be 2019 all over. Who again. do you have in this game, Jeff? What what the Detroit game? Yeah, I think the Lions win, but I'm yeah. not strong enough to bet it. Alex, I you, took the six and a half. You took six and a half. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. I think the Lions win too, but I think they keep it close. I know we're up against the clock. I do want to uh, credit one of our lo- locals here and listening out there. Um, and I'm, I'm going to check this score here, Jeff, because we were talking about it off the air. Um, Michigan State, Maryland. Today is Lefty Drissel Day. Well, that's not going well. <laughs> <for the laughs> <turf right now. laughs> so I t- <laughs> we'll have to see what the. Uh, what the uh, second half brings here for uh, coaching the team in the second half? Uh, he might. He might, be, he might come. A difference. Yeah, you know, he might uh, come in and uh, and give a a little uh, little halftime uh, talk. Not not to get bored, but uh, when you brought that up, I'm a little, I was I did not realize that Lefty was still with us. Apparently, he's 92. He is. So. He is. I did not realize he was still with us. Yeah. Uh, by the way, yesterday, well, I will just before we get out of here, Vinny, hundred plus college hoops day games yesterday, and yeah. and as has been par for the course so far this year in college hoops. Kansas loses to a team that's under 500. Uh, you, a 
tough spot to get to again in more in morgan town look it's a, a difficult crowd to deal it's with. very kinda... difficult to get there this time i've i've heard stories about teams going even going early and then trying to get a bus from the hotel to get to the i mean it's 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 a tough it's a that's what but, part of you know, about a home field i mean home Ar- court Ar- I should arizona say. Would almost arizona's down 18 comes back beats ucla yeah you're right uh if you had early numbers on uconn i'm sorry with that half court <laughs> gets home for villanova yeah. and then duke loses outright to a team they beat by 30 10 days yes ago. and we talked about that right we <laughs> talked about pitt making a better showing because they got blown out and cable yeah. cable going back to uh cameron right uh so yeah for crazy sure. What a, what, a, what a sport yeah. this is going to be. What a tournament this is going to oh, end up being this year because it's just be a great. layer. Once you get to me, once you get past the top three, yeah, and there's an argument over what that is this year, it's all dead even. Yeah. You're going to end up with a wonky Final Four for the second straight year. Look at the uh, St. John's Marquette game, right? Back and forth, and you know another one point loss for the Johnnies. Rick Patino, yeah. not happy again <laughs> oh, after my the goodness. game. Well, they, they, yeah. they a few weeks from now we'll get the uh, St. John's UConn game at MSG, which which will I play as a UConn home game. We we do realize. That. Yeah, I think well, well, both. I mean, the Johnnies are uh, are turning out team, and they played yesterday uh, in the Garden. Uh, Rick Pitino wanted to play that game on campus, uh, and I understand why. They, you know, you get that cracker box effect uh, sometimes that uh, is better than being in the the vastness of. Uh, MSG. Oh, the sure. the Carnesecca Arena that what fits 3,000, right? 3,500? 3,000 right on top of you. Oh, so, what a crazy <laughs> yeah, it, it environment. Feels like, uh, it feels like uh, Stony Brook's own arena, in all honesty. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's, uh, that's, that's a pretty good comparison. Yeah, that's, uh, and close. they're not that far from each other. Yeah. So, Vinny, pleasure as always. Always good to be with both of you. Keep it up. Sean, Thank Andrew, you, good work back there. Alex, awesome job as always. Thank you. you I helped well. the Chiefs cover. I'm sorry. Sorry. Uh, Let's go, Bill. I, 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 want, I, want, I want that one today. For Alex White, for Vinny Malliel, I'm Jeff Parles. Tomorrow, 3 o'clock, Matt Neverett's in my chair with Alex here on Sports by the Book. I'll see you again on Wednesday. The show will see you again tomorrow here at the South Point Studio.